Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Vervey in Ontario, Canada, with another episode of The Yacking Show. This is the show that brings you tips and ideas to improve your business. First, let's introduce co-host Kathleen Beauvais, and she will tell you about our guest today. Hey, Kathleen. Hi, Peter, and thank you all so very much for tuning in to our show. We are so honored and privileged to welcome Tom Jacobs to the show. Hello, Tom. How are you? I'm doing great, Kathleen. Good to see you both, Peter and Kathleen. Now, Tom is the founder and CEO of Jacob's Effect. He calls himself an impact pilot who helps businesses convert leads into best clients. He also trains speakers to tell their story. And today he will be yakking with us about how to use your story to drive your business to greater profits. And Tom, you have such a diverse background, and uh, I, I can't I can't wait to delve into this because how did you go from theater studies to owning a fitness club to coaching speakers and helping business owners increase sales? And we have to tell people you're actually living in Taiwan at the moment, aren't you? That's right. Yes, and I'm oh I'm God. not Taiwan. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, now that you say that, it, it sounds rather ridiculous, the, the path that I've taken. But I think what it, it really is, is that I'm open to opportunities when they present themselves. Mm. And that's been kind of the theme of my life as things, you know, ups and downs. I'm always looking kind of for that opportunity. What's what's kind of next and what's going on? And, and it's just it's led me to just really interesting things in my life. So if, like I, I have this theory now that you know, don't say no, just say yes to things and see what happens. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's amazing that that's a pattern that we hear a lot on the show from successful people that the, their path has not been a straight path. It's been mm. up, down, round, over, under, and it's led to interesting lives. So I agree with you hundred percent. So so what led you to firstly what led you to taiwan i'm really intrigued about mm -hmm. taiwan it's a great question and when, when people say or ask me like why did you choose taiwan i i, I really feel taiwan has chosen me mm -hmm. um and and i say that because um so i owned a fitness center for 10 mm -hmm. years in, in texas i sold that about five years ago and when i sold it i made a promise to myself that i was going to visit the world and i was going to mm -hmm. travel and, you know, having a brick and mortar business limits how long you can be sure. away. And so I was I was spending three months in Thailand. I spent uh, you know, uh, time in uh, Spain and Portugal and Europe and in Asia and different places. And ultimately, in 2019, I went to the Philippines and I was going to live there for a year and just kind of, kind of experience uh, everything that the Philippines had to offer. And then um, in March of 2020, I had some speaking engagements in the U.S. So I had a flight. I was going to spend two weeks in the U.S. And then I was kind of not wanting to stay in the Philippines at that point. So I was going to move to Bangkok and, mm -hmm. and live there. And um, so March 15th of 2020, I boarded the very last plane out of Cebu, Philippines before they shut the airport down because of the pandemic. Right, right. And I arrive into Taiwan and you know, because I wasn't from a high risk country, then they allowed me into the country and I was on a two day layover 
And during those two days, everything seemed to fall apart. Every mm -hmm. event that I was going to go to got canceled. Um, all the speaking engagements canceled. And I was like, why am I even going back to the U.S.? Because this looks like yeah. kind of a bad thing is happening right now. And so that two-day layovers turned mm -hmm. into three. Amazing. That, 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 that's a very interesting story, yeah. And is it, as a, a Westerner, is it quite easy to be accepted in Taiwan? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a great connection between the U.S. and, and Taiwan. Sure, uh, historically, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I'm, I'm learning Mandarin as well. Mm -hmm. So I mean, that's kind of a fun thing uh, to, to learn. Very difficult, but it's, it's doable. Yeah, I can order good. a beer. I can get beer and coffee, so... It's, oh, that's a, that's a good start. <laughs> so, Tom, you've you already mentioned the path you took from theater to fitness club to helping people speak, but somewhere along the, along the line, you went from being a an overworked, overwhelmed, bankruptcy facing fitness club owner to living life of your dreams. So, what what was the trigger? There must have been something significant that that said, "That's it. I'm selling the fitness operation and." going to do my thing what was the trigger there yeah it was it was really you know so i had it for 10 years and mm -hmm. those the first six months were a complete disaster i always went broke in the very first six months mm -hmm. of owning business and you know i i invested in coaching which i recommend everybody do mm -hmm. especially if you're an entrepreneur having a business coach second set of eyes is always really important and through that, I, I was able to identify that sales was really my weakness, to say the least. And so I spent a ton of time just learning different sales techniques and how to sell on a consultative level, kind of what mm -hmm. I consider now heart-centered selling. And I was able to build that business back up after almost a complete failure. And over time... You know, as any entrepreneur will probably tell you too, is that you get bored, right? mm -hmm. you get complacent. You know, I'd gotten to the point where I, I wanted to take it and I wanted to travel more. And so I was like, yeah, I think it's time to exit. I always, but going into that business, I always knew I was going to sell it at some point. Okay. Okay. So, okay. you know, and that would be one, one piece of advice I would give to any entrepreneur is when you're going into a business, I always have the end in mind as well, because you're not going to have it forever. No, you, no. You know, so I always knew that I was going to sell it. And then uh, once I made that decision, I was like, okay, on this date, I'm going to, I'm going to sell that, that business. Cause it just, it wasn't a challenge anymore. It was just, I was just going through the motions at that. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Okay. Interesting. Back to you, Kathleen. So, so Tom, you've obviously discovered the secret sauce to selling, and now you've actually created a whole business uh, from that. What are the key ingredients that go into marketing yourself and generating leads? Yeah, so um, first of all, for generating leads and marketing yourself, you have to know who your target audience is. And this scares entrepreneurs to death mm -hmm. that say oh i want to be everything to everybody right. well that's what i wanted to be when i opened up my fitness center i had pilates i had personal training i had a boot camp i had uh fitness classes and like nutrition programs and all this different stuff i was everything to everybody 
yet nobody was joining the club. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the moment I focused on doing two things, small group training and personal training, and identified who my target audience was, which was women 35 to 40 who were at the top of their game in terms of corporate. They gave okay. everything to their family and their life, but the, their health and their, their fitness was lacking. Mm -hmm. Once I got that specific, mm -hmm. the whole world opened up to me. And what, what people ask me now is like, well, but what if a guy came in that was 30 years old, that's outside of your demographic, are you going to still train them? Well, yes, of course. Like you're not going to turn somebody away that's looking for no. help. But by having a very clear message to your market, now I was able to get into the minds of the people that were interested through the marketing. And then when they, when they came in for the sales consultation, it was just going through a bunch of questions to find out why that they needed to make a change now and why mm -hmm. that was important. And that was the key to selling for me was rather than telling people why they needed to work out, I was rather asking people why they wanted to make a change. Oh, and okay. conversation, we determined what the result was. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, fit fitness is a great sales like lesson <laughs> because you're selling something that nobody wants. You're selling yeah. a workout. You know, most personal trainers or, or gyms sell a workout, right? You're going to mm -hmm. come in, you're going to work out three times a week on this great equipment and, and blah, 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 blah. And I have all these certifications to prove that I'm awesome. Well, nobody cares. What they yep. care about is feeling better, looking better, having better health. And once you understand what you are actually selling, then you're going to be a lot more successful. And that, that goes with anything, right? It could be, you know, I was working with a company that was doing USB drives. I said, well, what are you selling? Mm -hmm. USB drives. Like, no, you're not really selling USB drives. What are you selling? Well, convenience of information and this and this and this. And they came up with the, all these great results of the product. And once they started selling on a result, their sales went through the roof. Sure, sure, sure. I, I think I read somewhere that more personal fitness equipment that gets sold, particularly around Christmas, ends up in garages and basements as clothes, dry, clothes dryers and ever, is ever used as training equipment or fitness equipment. So, Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So here's when we we hear contradictory advice from coaches and experts about whether as an entrepreneur, it's, it's useful to have previous corporate experience or not. And there's pros and cons for both sides of that argument. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that one? Clearly, it didn't help me in running a business. So I, I had, you know, I was managing millions of dollars of freight. Mm -hmm. And I was in logistics, yet I couldn't run a small business, right? Um, so I, I, I can see both sides of it. I, I think, you know, I heard this um, uh, philosophy of skill stacking. Like you mm -hmm. take, and I, I think I've done a really good job of stacking very weird skills on top of each other, which make you very marketable. And I think that time that I spent in the corporate what I call corporate jail, um, but in corporate life, mm -hmm. um, gave me some more skills that I could stack that I was able to see like how management works, how process works, and mm -hmm. just kind of identifying different things in terms of management style that I could take into my small business and, and grow it. Mm. 
So, yeah, so tell good. us about the services that you provide. Yeah, so um, so right now, I have a couple programs that I work with people on, and really it's all about converting leads that people are already getting into mm-hmm. actual clients. So it's that, that middle part, the sales part, the follow-up part. So, you know, most people, most businesses, when they get a lead coming into their business, don't ever respond to that lead, which just boggles my mind. I did a, I did a study a couple of years ago where I called a hundred different fitness centers across the U S just everywhere in the U S and what we did was we, we put our details into their website because they were looking for a consultation and out of the hundred, only 23 responded. Wow. 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 Isn't that crazy? Uh-huh. 77 yeah. out of business. And of those 23, only five responded more than one time. And wow. only one was consistent with like eight touches Jeez. to try to get us in. Yeah. I was, I was blown away. And so now one of my services is that follow-up process. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you follow up consistently, persistently? And then how do you sell once you have them in front of you? How are you now selling your end result, not the product, but the result that the product result. gets? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow, that's Those. an that, that is a very disappointing statistic, isn't it? Seventy-seven percent don't make any contact. In terms of follow-ups, is is there um, you know, is are there standards to that? Did you should follow up maybe eight times, ten times? Like, how do you how do you determine how many yeah, times so, somebody should follow? Yeah. I so I I operate a call center as well, and that's part of the the follow up process. And what we found is it takes an average of ten calls to get somebody on the phone, even when they expressed interest in getting a phone call. It still takes ten. Wow, on average, that's quite amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, and yet. Some some companies do well. I, I'm not going to mention names. I had an incidents recently when I couldn't, my website wouldn't load and I couldn't get the hosting service. So I got onto Twitter and I said, anyone experience uh, problems with, and the name. And they did come back to me within about an hour on Twitter, but within two minutes, an alternate hosting service came back, said, we're not so-and-so, but we're more than happy to try and help you. And I thought, wow, that is intriguing. So I actually went back to them the next day and they followed up. I haven't gone to them, not because I don't like them, because I haven't felt the urge to change, but they must have followed up six or seven times by email in, in the few days after. And I thought, there's a really good example of, of conscious follow-up, you know. So, yeah. so Tom, who, who are your typical clients? Um, are they small to medium-sized businesses, large corporations, specific fields, or not necessarily? Yeah, yeah, small, small to medium size businesses, primarily in the um, holistic wellness space. Mm-hmm. So, I think personal trainers, uh, functional medicine doctors, chiropractors, um, in that kind of holistic medical right. and uh, fitness space. Yeah. So, I'm going to ask you a follow up one on that. And and we had someone in the similar field, holistic medicine, not that long ago. And my question is to you is the same as to them. Do you see the increasing acceptance of holistic and particularly uh, Eastern type medicine and 
general health, well-being, treatment increasing in in Western the Western societies? Yeah. So what what I'm seeing in working with a lot of these uh, functional medicine doctors and integrative medicine is that integrative. Okay. And so looking at what the root cause of the problem is, rather than masking symptoms mm-hmm. with medication, and th- and that helped that was my issue when I was 30 years old. And that's one reason that I started the fitness club because I was overweight, unhealthy. I had high blood pressure, high cholesterol. And my doctor in the two minute visit that I had with them told me I needed to be on um, uh, Lipitor and a high blood pressure medication. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, is there anything else that I could do? I said, oh, you could do diet and exercise, but nobody does that. <laughs> And I was like, well, you know, I like a challenge. So I decided to do the diet and exercise, get to the root cause. The root cause Mm -hmm. was I was overweight. I ate crap all the time. And once I changed that, guess what? I lost 40 pounds of fat, gained 10 pounds of muscle. And my cholesterol came back down to normal. My blood pressure came back down to normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it is, you you call it integrative medicine. the, The use and acceptance is increasing in the West. Yeah, yeah, I believe Good. so. Yeah, so it, and, and it's a combination of everything. So it's yes. not not saying you can't have any medication because there are some medications that are absolutely necessary for sure. certain. But for the some of the chronic conditions that you know, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, a lot of type two diabetes to be specific, are lifestyle related problems. And if you change mm-hmm. your lifestyle. Then you're going to get rid of those problems. Sure, no, that's that's good. That is encouraging. We we're both converts, Kathleen, more so than me, but she's been uh, really pulling me along uh, the same track. And and certainly, I've become convinced in the last few years exactly what you say. Back to you, Kathleen. So, Tom, if I were to contact you as a client, what initial steps would you take with me? Yeah. So the first thing I would do is just have a conversation to even see if I can help. Mm -hmm. So that's always, that's always the first step is to determine what the issue is that you're experiencing. And if I can even help, Um, if we determine that I can help you, then I'll explain what the program is. um, And then we'd get started on that. If I determine that I can help you, then I would make a referral to somebody that I think probably could or, or, point you in the direction of a couple of different people. So, so what if the problem was converting leads? Yeah. We so sales. Right. So yeah. What direction would you take us in there? Yeah. So I would definitely want to uh, go through kind of a sales process overview of what mm-hmm. you're doing right now. Right. And then looking at what the scripting is, uh, what you're selling. I have a, I have a 12 week program actually that I take people through. Okay. Um, Tell us about that. Called, yeah. So it's impact selling. So we go through and we, very first thing is identify what it is that you're selling and it's never the thing, right? So it's the result. So we need to determine what that is. And then we'll come up with questions to use in the sales presentation to get the prospect to realize that they have a problem and that you're the solution. The third thing that we'll do is then integrate some personal stories into the sales presentation so that it draws the audience in so that there's that no like and trust factor mm-hmm. of the prospect to you. Right. And then finish that up with, you know, 
how to automate a lot of stuff and and just the kind of the back end process of sales to make sure that you're not bogged down by administrative things, but rather you're automating as much as you can so that you can spend more time making sales calls. Are there mm-hmm. certain tools that you prefer over others for automation? Yeah. Oh yeah, ab- absolutely. So I've, I've used several different uh, pipeline type okay. of programs. Yeah. Um, and the current one I have now, I just, I white labeled a, a high level, uh, which is a popular uh, CRM system that mm-hmm. I've white labeled and customized it to mine. But um, that's the one I really like because I, I made it fit me. Right. And I can customize it to fit different customers a lot easier than some of the other programs that I've used in the past. Oh, interesting. Now, do you work yeah. exclusively with holistic practitioners or can you work with other types of industries as well? Yeah. So that's that's a great example of niching down, right? So mm-hmm. I said I primarily work yes. with holistic. So and and I'll have people that say, well, you do a great job with with that demographic. Well, could you help me with this problem? And of course, mm-hmm. sales is sales. Sure. Um, yeah. So, but by having a niche, now you can be the expert for that niche. Well, and when you're an expert, everybody sees you as that expert. Now. Sure. Right. Yeah, makes sense. No, very, very good. So I, I've got what I call my burning question. I ask all our successful guests that I'm going to ask you, but I'm looking. We've got a couple of minutes in hand, so I'm going to ask you an extra additional one. Given that we seem to be heading into somewhat turbulent times uh, and where you are, there's all sorts of threats from China across the South China Sea. Uh, we're looking at banking crashes. We've got doom and gloom forecasts for the US dollar and, and, and the war in Ukraine, you, you name it. Things are certainly exciting. Is, is there one little bit of advice you'd give to our audience of business people, primarily business people or entrepreneurs right now that they, I, I know you probably say sales, is there one thing that they should focus on to get them through the next couple of years, which could be difficult? Yeah. Well, one, put blinders on and ignore that outside influence. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, oh, there's a huge recession coming. It's doom and gloom. World War Three is, we're on the precept of, of World War Three. Focus on what it is that you do and do it really, really well. Because right. anytime, so I, I, I've started a business, my fitness business in 2008 at the height of the, the recession yeah. and the housing crisis. Great yeah. timing. Yet I was able, after I learned how to sell, I was able to grow that business from 100,000 to 400,000 year over year. So yeah. like huge increase in, in sales, primarily because I knew what service I was going to provide. And I provided that very, very well. It's not that you know, if the dollar goes down, the, you know, Beijing decides to invade the world, whatever, the, the same amount of money is in the world. Mm-hmm. The money doesn't go anywhere. It's just people are much more choosy on where they spend their money because there's uncertainty in the world. We saw that during COVID, you know, yep. and then what happened once everybody lifted their ban, like every airplane in the world was full. Yeah. And <laughs> they were paying astronomical fares to go places because they had all the money. It was great. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, no, very, very good point. Very good point. And and I'm I'm not a doom and gloom forecaster, but it, it's a question that we get a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Wow, we're going to enter recession, inflation, bang, bang, bang. And and I 
Yeah, but I wanted to get your thoughts. Thank you. Thank you for that. That's very good. Good advice for our audience. So here's a burning question, and you've been very successful in your own right, and you're working with a lot of successful businesses from what you're telling us. But I guess you've seen your fair share of unsuccessful people and business leaders. So, Tom, in your mind and with your experience, is, is there a single characteristic mindset habit that differentiates the successful from the average, or is it more complicated? No, I, I think it's it's it comes down to the mindset of mm-hmm. scarcity mm-hmm. Um, versus abundance. And yep. if you're running through, you know, scarcity mindset, and I've been totally guilty of it um, in in the past, that you make decisions based on fear, and basing decisions on fear is never a good place to be. And if you and and this is kind of the story of my life, the the abundance is. You know, these opportunities present themselves. I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, yeah, I'd love to hang out with you until two o'clock in the morning. And, oh, you own a restaurant and this is your restaurant. You opened it up at three o'clock in the morning for us. And we're having this fabulous meal, like with all these people that I just met in Thailand. This is amazing. It's a true story. You know, just mm-hmm. say yes to opportunities and you'll be so amazed at what is possible in, in everything that you do. Yeah. No, very good. Very good. And and feedback that when we ask that question, nobody says go and get an MBA or, mm-hmm. or get another degree. It's all the, the skills that you're talking about, the personal skills. Right. Yeah. No, good advice. Mm-hmm. So my last um, question, not question for Tom, just a quick reminder for our audience. We've had another really interesting guest today. I hope you've learned quite a bit from our friend Tom. And so that you don't miss out on our future guests, hop onto our website, theyakishow.com. Sign up for our newsletter. We only send one email a week, and then you'll know who's coming on every week from now on. And with that, that's from me. Back to Kathleen. So, Tom, before we let you go, please tell our audience how they can contact you. Yeah, the the best way is my website. So it's tomjacobs.com. And I actually have a special gift. Um, we didn't really talk about storytelling here, but I have a storytelling framework workbook for people if they want to start to integrate their personal story into sales. So if you go to tomjacobs.com, it's J-A-C-K-O-B-S dot com slash storybook, then they can download that uh, storybook right. and start developing their own personal stories. Excellent. And I'll just add for audio listeners, uh, that will be in the description. You can pick up that link in the description. Thank you for that, Tom. Great. And thank you again, Tom, for being on the show. And uh, thank you all again for tuning in. If anyone is interested in being a guest on our show, please visit us at theyackingshow.com. All you need to do is click on the contacts tab where you will find a short application form. We would love to hear from you. Also, if there's any topics in particular you would like us to cover, please let us know in the comments. We have access to a wide range of experts on this show. So until next time. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.